It's time for another episode of Level Up. And for anybody who is following Katie on social platforms, you might have seen that this was a week of epic ranting success where Katie did go off a bit, and rightfully so, about some of the pricing practices that are becoming all too commonplace and have been for some time in real estate, definitely in the GTA and in Ontario, and in many other markets where underpricing is a, a problem. Just saying that if you hear an ad or you hear somebody say that they sold a home for $300,000 over the list price and they had about 200 showings, like 200 people walking through a home, that means that home was significantly underpriced and buyers were walking through that home that were not qualified to buy that home. Homes sell for what people value them for. I don't care what you say, there is no real estate agent out there that will get you $300,000 over what the home is worth. It's about underpricing and it's just irresponsible in my mind. Yes, there are times that you do underprice and if you get 20, 30, 40,000 over ask because somebody values it higher than everybody else, that's one thing. But if you're underpricing $300,000, that's irresponsible. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Regardless of the dollar amount, when it's we're talking, this is 10, 20% below what a place should be going for. And when we talk about sold over asking, to me, that has been a joke since day one because people should care about sold over value, yeah. maybe, or over market comparables. Asking is the most bullshit number out there, and it's become such a joke in our industry. Uh, and what's most bothersome about it is that it's a known joke and punchline among all of our colleagues. Like, this is something that everybody identifies as, yeah, that's happening. That's how we do business. A lot of people, which is very comforting, as we were talking about this morning, responded to you with a yes. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, somebody said this. Yeah. Right? That's comforting, but it also kind of pisses me off <laughs> that if everybody is so closeted about the fact that they know it's a problem, there's enough of us, and these are vocal people in the industry, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm in there too. I haven't ranted about this either, and we talk about it behind closed doors, and I think a lot of other people do as well, but save for the, the few who cling to this as their strategy, yeah. And maybe are threatened by what might happen or what might happen if, God forbid, they can't underprice or can't advertise the success of going over by that much. Everybody else seems to be in the same boat about how do we address this? How did it get so far away from us? Yeah. And what do we do going forward to 
in some ways, I think there's a couple problems to it. In some ways, it is what what can we do as an industry in our own practices? Yeah. Um, but then also, what can we do in terms of being more forthcoming with the public about what's actually happening in the absence of something changing? Yeah. How do we educate the public better? Yeah. To actually understand what's happening. Not that it's right, but until something changes. Right. And I think we often overlook, because we're in the industry, how much we know versus how much the consumer knows. So if somebody hears on an ad that an agent sold a home for $200,000 over the ask price, to them, that's not going to seem as bullshit as we see it. And that, in my mind, is not false advertising, but it's basically very deceptive. Um, because it's really not to be worn as a badge of honor. It didn't mean that you did so like, and, and in my rant, I said, there's no real estate agent out there that is going to get you $200,000 over what a home is worth. Yes. Anybody out there, even somebody that's not a real estate agent can get somebody $500,000 over the ask price. If you ask little enough, but that doesn't mean anything. And I think we've got to recognize that consumers don't know that. And I think we do a really great job of educating consumers about what's out there and how pricing is, but we can't assume that they know what we know. And so there's a lot of education out there that has to be done for them to understand. Right. And we also can't assume that they all think the same thing as each other, right? There's some who are very involved, some more than their own good right? Some who are getting misinformation, one extreme or the other, like with any decision. Um, But there's not a consistent approach to the way that we as realtors are pricing. And I don't think there needs to be. I don't think that we all need to be bound to a do a valuation according to a formula and price at that price. Mm -hmm. However, there is a clear gap between what is reasonable and what isn't. Yeah. And it's hard to tell consumers that sometimes they are reasonable and sometimes they aren't. Yeah. Or uh, in some ways, you know, people who are of the mindset that, well, hey, that's why you need a realtor because you'll have someone giving you the advice, which I agree with. You need a realtor to give you the advice, especially while this is happening. But it shouldn't be incumbent on a professional in the industry to tell you that the number you're looking at is fictitious. Yeah, exactly. We always, we, we always talk about other industries. And we're such a unique industry in this world that I don't, I can't think of another product where not just the arbitrariness of the pricing, but the acceptance of that approach and the, and the gloating about using that approach. Yeah. It's just, it's insane to me. Like pick a product, a car, BMW, if somebody, if they said on their, on their flyer, our new, whatever, our new SUV is 10 grand. Yeah, they'll have record numbers of people burning down the entire dealership trying to get one, only to find out that it's actually a hundred grand. Yeah, what would happen then? People would just like offer until they reach the number that the dealership is expecting, and then the dealership will say we sold ninety grand over ask. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But that's also the difference between individually run entrepreneurs who are in sort of the wild west and can do it, are allowed to do it. Yeah. And we were talking off air just about how when it is an offer date, um, like that's usually the signal to us that this home is underpriced. And so 
the issue is there is that most of the time, 99% of the time, that information is hidden within the remarks to agents and the public doesn't see that. So they don't know how, what, what the strategy is here. And I think once you start looking for houses and you start to see like, you know, what's out there and the fact that like, there's no way this house is worth $800,000 or what they're, that's not what they're looking for. But is it really that difficult and why is it wrong to put that into the, the public remarks? At least that would be a start in, in our minds, right? So. Well, yeah. And that's, I think that needs to be a big part of the right now conversation. Yeah. We were talking about how there's a lot of things that could be discussed and we see things that are constantly discussed in all aspects of real estate, but change takes a while when it comes to the back end mandated regulatory things. And maybe that is part of the mid to long-term solution. However, the right now approach is it's so hard to say, if you have an offer date, people need to know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why does it have to be incumbent on a realtor to see that? Yeah. Because all that's doing is getting buyers and window shoppers and people surfing on their own to get excited, to book showings, to build up all these numbers mm-hmm. only to say once they get there, or once they find out, oh shit, it's an offer date. I'm not interested. Or, okay, I expected that. Let's go. Yeah. Because the only ones you're going to end up with anyway as a, as a listing agent are the ones who are willing to participate in the first place. So what's the point of unveiling that later? What does that do for you on any sort of a scale on, on a after the fact metrics other than number of showings, I guess. Yeah. Right. Or number of hits or impressions. Right. Like you said, we're in a pandemic now, especially, I don't know how much people get glossy eyed. If I heard that a home had 500 showings in a week, but it's still sold for less than or equal to what all the other homes are selling for. I mean, does that make me want to, I don't know. Some people out there see numbers and get excited by it, but that's really a non tangible, sorry, intangible, whatever the word is. It's not tangible. What that metric does in terms of the overall success of the seller. Mm -hmm. Show people. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's just such an easy solution for the right now. Obviously, there's a lot of long-term solutions that could be put into place. But as you said, change takes a hell of a long time, especially in real estate. And I think the people that are making the changes don't want to piss off the, especially we're in Toronto, right? Like the, what are we at? $60,000, $60,000, 60,000 registrants that are a part of the board. Um, making a change like that would likely piss off a lot of people. And I I get that, but I also don't, I get the the politics and the reasoning why. I just don't understand why it would piss anybody off. If you really take a step back, like as a listing agent, if I was now told that I need to disclose there's an offer date, no, What's I'm, that really I, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like more long-term solutions. So, um, oh, long-term. yeah, like, right. so I, I don't know too much about it and I do want to look into it, but in Australia, they put in a rule that you can't underprice a home. And if you do, you will get fined for, or you could get your license revoked if you keep doing it. So there's penalties and I don't know what the, um, 
like the diff, like the difference between the ask price and what it sells for like has to be. Um, but there, there's a rule, there's a law. And so why couldn't we do that? Like what would be, what would be the issue with putting in a, in a rule like that? I, I, I don't think there's an issue in having a rule like that. I think though, when I put my finance head on, yeah. There's a lot of questions in how you implement that in a way that actually works and makes sense. And we do need to look into how it works in Australia because the moment there's any mechanism that what this seems to do puts some sort of a ceiling on where the price could go and otherwise you're penalized, it does penalize the listing agent if they do do an amazing job. Right. And I, because right? like, yeah. there, there are instances where yeah. someone might overpay for a home and we can't penalize a seller just because either their agent did a great job or somebody decided to show up with way too much money. Right. And again, we have to look into it, but I do think there is like an exception where if the listing agent changes the information at some point, then that's like, I think you're able to make adjustments as you go. Maybe as you see, there's a lot of action, there's a lot of interest that maybe you adjust the asking price. But it's also interesting to note that Australia, the large majority of their list or of their real estate is sold by auction. So these homes, <laughs> these homes are typically underpriced, not significantly. Um, there is a reserve price. So like they do know and they do this it's not like australia just prices at what the home is worth and tries to negotiate from there most of the agents do know what it is and how to strategically price in order to get as much interest as possible to the house right and you know what like when we talk to people who are in australia people who have come from australia a lot of the feedback we get in canada about the auction platform are people who used to work in australia and they're, they're not in a broken system there. Like prices are still increasing and the market's still solid and buyers and sellers are happy. But anybody who looks at something different and says, oh, but that would never work here or, oh, but it's good there because they're different. They are a, you know, they're a developed yeah. society just like we are. And this isn't a conversation about options, but in general, when you see things that work in other markets or when other markets have issues that are similar to what we have, yeah. you've got to learn and listen from things that work and at least establish whether there's something there. Yeah. Right? And that's people don't just make change for the sake of change, especially when it comes to regulatory stuff and yeah. things as important as real estate. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, similar to the auctions, like we didn't do every single thing that an Australian real estate auction did. We adapted it to the Ontario model because we knew that in order to make it work, it would have to be adapted. So similar, like a rule could be adapted. Like, let's look at what they're doing. Let's look what potentially other industry or not other industries, but other markets are doing if they have a similar rule and how could that work in our industry here? Yeah. So one, one thing that is part of this problem that's shown up more recently to me, maybe you see more of it than I do, um, but we talk about the offer dates and when people see offer date, it triggers in their head, okay, this is going for more, which in most cases, that's what it's implying. Normally it's tied to underpricing. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing more properties now that are underpriced without an offer date. Yes. <laughs> 
And there are a couple, I mean, the, the mechanism that had been used earlier on for, and earlier, I mean, the last couple of years is like a long irrevocable requirement. Yeah. Where, where a listing agent will say, hey, offers any time, but give us 48 hours. Right. Which in effect is a fancy way of saying, let me gather everyone else and turn this into an offer date right. because we have the time. Yeah. But I'm seeing properties now that just have low prices and say nothing else. And when you speak to the agent or when you've wasted your time, because it is a waste of your time yeah. going on a showing, you find out afterwards, oh, no, 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 we're not looking for asking. What are you, crazy? No, no, <laughs> this is worth more or we're expecting more. That to me is the definition of irresponsible and lazy on the part of an agent. Yeah. And I call out any agent who does that and you can comment and you can reach out to us and explain why that's not irresponsible or lazy. But if you can't go to the trouble of part of your job is making it easy and accessible for the cooperating agents and buyers, showing the property its best light, but communicating as much information as possible so that they're equipped to make you a solid offer. Yeah. Why are you wasting people's time or making them guess even more so without even letting them know that they're in a situation where it's underpriced? That to me that yeah. needs to be addressed. Yeah, and to and to consumers, that's really, really frustrating. Um, even yes. more so than significant underpricing. I think. I just think like, I don't know what goes through somebody's head to say, okay, Mister Seller, we're going to price your home at seven ninety nine. I know it's worth a million, but we're just going to put it on there and see what happens. Let it ride. <laughs> right. And, and you're going to get lots of offers. We're going to get a lot of showings. A lot of people coming through your house. I don't know if they're vaccinated. I don't know if they've got COVID, but yeah, let's just send them all in there. Let's create a frenzy. And when agents start sending me offers, I might get a few that are priced at like what, what we're listed at, but we're just going to shun them away because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, don't worry. I'll tell them we want more. Yeah. I won't tell them how much more. Right. But I'll tell them we want more until they come back with more. So effectively, it is an even worse version of blind offers because it's so blind that this isn't even a function of you're expecting it to be competitive or you're expecting it to go higher. Yeah. Um, And it really doesn't, like for me, it's terrible, obviously, for cooperating agents and for their buyers, but this doesn't serve, to your point, the interest of the seller either. Like these are the homes that generally will have more days on market. Yeah, they're gonna have more showings because everybody's completely confused. Yeah. But it's going to go through offers and frustration and arguments and unnecessary conversations that are just gonna drag it on. Yeah. So what's the point? Right. I don't know what the solution is for that because again, mandating non-underpricing is a tough thing. Yeah. Um, Well, and I find find for the most part that the, when they do that, it's not significantly underpriced. It might be right. like 20, 30. So you really think, okay, this is probably what they're looking for. Um, and then you, you're told that you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, well, I, I think the initial approach was people or listing agents assume that because the price is what it is, regardless of irrevocable or anything like that, it's the same approach as a long irrevocable requirement where we're going to get an offer, we're going to let everybody else know, and it's going to turn into an offer date. But why complicate things? Like offer dates as they are with underpricing complicates things. That all being said, and we talk about this too, this can't be an overnight fix regardless. Even if tomorrow 
somebody stepped up and said, you're not allowed to overprice anymore, or there's going to be independent valuations of every home that gets listed. That's part of the process. And you've got to be where that is or higher or within 5% or whatever. Part of the problem now is that the public has been so brainwashed mm -hmm. into not knowing what prices mean yeah. anymore. Yeah. Right. So, I've got buyers, you've got buyers, everyone's got buyers who some of them who are just entering, you can explain it to them, but they've got to really get punched out a couple of times and see it for themselves. But others who I've got a budget of a million bucks, I'm only going to search for places priced at 800,000 and below because yeah. I've now been, I've now been brainwashed into thinking that anything priced above that, whether it's underpriced or not, is going to command a million bucks. Yeah. And or, or, and then the listing agent who prices the homes closer to value gets right. negatively impacted because people don't trust that that's actually what a seller wants. Even if you put in the description, this is not bullshit, no offer date, this is what we want, just come at us with a good offer. Um, it doesn't matter because people are so conditioned now to expect if my, my budget's a million, I'm looking at everything $8.99 and under. That's right. And so... Plain devil's advocate. Do it. Is this just something that is changing in our industry overall? And is this something we have to adapt to? Like we're always talking about like you need to adapt or die, right? So are we being ridiculous by not adapting to this? I think I think the problem is we all chose to adapt to this. Mm. Like I, I think as an industry even though everybody's up in arms with you and with me and saying, I agree, this is a problem. We're all eating what we're being fed, yeah. right? Like none of us is actually doing anything about it. We're accepting it as what it is. And I think we have adapted. Change is always a function of people starting to talk and be loud about it. And I, I don't think that we're wrong in calling it out no. i'm not saying that calling it out and going another way is the answer either but as an industry if we're always going to be evolving and we're always going to be trying to do what's best for consumers and for you know the greater good and yeah. for our industry and for our members right this isn't just about making life easier on the public when the life is easier on the public and our clients life is easier for us because we yeah. have less to explain and, and defend I think this is one of those moments where we've taken it too far because there was enough rope for people to take it too far. I don't fault, like I'm, I'm pissed off, but I don't fault anybody who uses these tactics because they're allowed to. Yeah, I, I think I... I think it's terrible. I, I'm angry with them and I think it's irresponsible. I think that they're not being truthful and they are giving the industry a bad rep. But I'm just saying that when someone is playing within the rules, someone's got to be there as either a public that says this is bullshit and we're not going to stand for it, which requires them to understand what's happening, which they don't fully No. Right. Or us within the industry need to have more conversations like this and say, are we okay with this? Because I don't think we're okay with this. Yeah. Generally. No. And I, I mean, I, I get pissed off when people advertise it too. Um, like it's like, you're confusing people even more. Like, I think that's such a dangerous road to take to say you're so amazing because you got 600,000 over the ask price. Well, you know, 
again, anybody can do it. So stop advertising that. Like it's confusing people. Um, so yeah, right. there's that. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. The, the, the advertising is what frustrates me. I mean, well, the process frustrates me, but yeah, when you're able to be out there and stand at the top of a mountain and yell out things like that, and we're listening to the radio all the time and there's constantly for lots of people like this is now the new it's the new normal of the way people advertise it's not about i am going to do this this and this and it's going to maximize the sale price of your home yeah. and it's going to get it done quickly and it's going to they say that but that's almost a subtext to let me tell you a story about such and such a person who had like you said 500 offers and I'm sorry, 500 showings, 500 offers would be pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, well, but, 500 showings too. But we don't, I mean, when we do an auction, like the last two auctions we've done have had what, 45 and 60 bids yeah. each, right? It wasn't 45 or 60 people. Maybe it was, I don't know, 10 or 15 people bidding. But it was out in the open. It was explicit. It wasn't underpriced to begin with. So most of those bids, offers, whatever you want to call them, were already happening in the sphere of we're at market value. Yeah. Right? And if anybody would have stopped at any point in time, it would have sold for the price it was at. Yeah. Right? Now, what's frustrating is when you're so underpriced. Or even like, and, and, and that's totally um, up for debate what so underpriced is. Like, on a million-dollar home, to some people, 50000 under ask is so underpriced. Like 5%, 10% could be very yeah. significant. Mm -hmm. What it does, as we know, but just to reinforce this to everybody, is yeah, it's getting you more eyeballs. It's getting you more showings. It might be getting you more offers. But you, as a listing agent, now have a farther distance to climb to get to where you actually want to be. Yeah. So sure, you've got 20 offers, but 15 of them might be junk. But that's another strategy, and, and I've explained that to my own seller clients before, is like, I have an agent calling me saying, I want to make an offer, but it's not going to be very good, so I don't know if it's worth it. In my head, I'm thinking, I want them to make an offer because one extra offer on the table could potentially push another buyer up in price, which is good for my seller, which works in their best interest, which is what I'm doing. But it's like, how... How effed up is that thinking? You know yeah, what I mean? You're telling a loser to show up. Yeah. And I mean loser in a, they're losing the bid, not the person's a loser. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. And, and that's the reason why. And I also, I, I think that's where it originated is people knew that the more offers, like everybody's got like a formula. Okay. Every offer adds another 2 3% to your offer price. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that's a fact. I'm just saying that that's what a lot of people, a lot of people have that something. theory. So yeah. obviously, as a listing agent, you want to get as many offers as possible because you're hoping that, that there's one buyer agent out there who has like a formula that says, okay, an extra offer, let's add 5% to our offer price. So a, a lot of agents will say, and we've seen this a lot as a, as a comment, is it's our job as realtors to educate our clients. And so the pricing shouldn't matter. Yeah. is what a lot of them who are defending this say. Like, it's our job to tell them, well, here's where it's going to go, right? Like, and if you're not, as a buyer's agent, effective enough in determining where something's going to go, well, then that's on you, right? Right. Like, that's what a lot of people say. 
And there's some truth to that, I guess. It is our job to be able to effectively value a property. And that is where a lot of our worth comes in is being able to advise people. It's not just about showing the homes and printing the listings. However, that to me is a super weak excuse for not taking the time on the pricing side to put the right numbers out there. And it doesn't mean don't underprice again, right? Because if underpricing is going to be a reality for at least the foreseeable future, there needs to be a better mechanism in being able to be forthcoming with the public and with other realtors about what that means, expectation valuation wise. Yeah. And save people the time where it's not right to just say, I'm going to throw, why not just price every home at a dollar everywhere? Yeah, well, just buyer agents to figure out what it's worth. Ultimately, the market's going to work itself out. I agree with that. I think wherever you price, you know, wait long enough or be in a market long enough, the market will find a way. That's the point is people will pay what they're willing to pay for a home. Yeah. But we're making it so unnecessarily hard on them. Yeah. To figure that out and to identify the homes that are even worth seeing. Yeah. Well, and I think for sellers, there's advantages, obviously, to doing an underpriced and setting an offer date because you set a deadline for when you want buyers to make an offer. If you price your home more, more realistic with what it's worth, um, it, it might sit on the market for an extra week. And for most sellers, they don't want that. So I see the advantage of doing it, and I see that, and we do it with auctions. Like I'm not, I'm not, and we, we've done it with other listings as well. Like we don't just do auctions. We do offer dates as well, but we're always very conscious of pricing in line with what we think the whole, like just not to deceive people um, and to make them, you know, be more realistic about our expectations. But yeah, yeah it's, it's so interesting because like, for me, as a buying agent and as a listing agent, when I list a home um, without an offer date, it feels a lot less stressful. I don't know about you, because I feel as though yeah, well, yeah. we're not. Well, there's no deadline. Yeah. There's not a deadline, and you know you're out there with the number you're comfortable with. Right. So it's this, and that's why auctions were so comfortable for us too, because the question everybody asks with an offer date and with an auction is. What's the number? What is it that you're looking for? Yeah. Fire agent will always call. That's they're a never going to find out. Yeah. But they're always going to say, okay, how high are you expecting this to go? And some of them will throw darts and throw numbers and try to get a reaction. Yeah. But the difference between doing it the traditional way without an offer date or with an auction is it's going to be what we get. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's We're not out there trying to deceive you into some number. Yeah. Right. If it's priced at the number you want, it's yeah, we're priced at the number we want. Yeah. You know, give us that. We have a deal. Like when's the last time that happened? Like we're seeing a little bit of it. And it's so refreshing when somebody's asking seven hundred thousand dollars and it sells for six ninety nine five. Yeah. Yeah. Because that still happens. And I guess years ago that was more the approach. Mm -hmm. Um, but people wear, you know, percent above ask and all these stats as a badge of honor. Right. And yes, prices are increasing everywhere. Yeah. Prices continue to go up irrespective of your strategy. And I don't know if listing agents and sellers are seeing how prevalent this underpricing strategy is and looking at that as a reason 
why prices are getting so much higher. I know the media likes to portray it that way. Well, that's the issue is because no matter what, so there's a good example actually in our neighborhood right now. So there's three townhomes on the market. Two of them are priced in the mid sevens and they've been on the, sitting on the market for a couple of weeks. And this new listing just came out and it's priced, I think it's 689 or 699 with an offer date. So I'm actually going to be interested to see what this one actually sells for. Because if it sells for over what these other two are listed for, and, and these are like very, like very cookie cutter townhomes. So all of them are very similar. Um, or is it going to sell for like seven and a quarter? And, you know, like maybe if those houses would have priced at seven and a quarter versus seven fifty, they would have been sold already. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, It'll be an interesting experiment, I think, to see, because for, for the most part, I find that, as you said, value is very subjective, and whatever somebody values it at, like there's the comparables, there's like the technical side, and then there's the emotional side, and both of those come together when somebody's buying a house, and sometimes it works in, in a seller's favor, and other times it does not, um, and so that's our job, is to justify the, the technical stuff. Um, to anybody looking to make an offer, but it, I don't know. I just find this is such an interesting discussion and, and there's so much more that you can go into. Um, well, well, that's, that's though, that's what our jobs should be is that negotiating side of things where the seller's agent represents their seller with all the information necessary to drive the highest price yeah. and hit those home and do a good job. And the buyer's agent is trying to get it for the lowest price while keeping in mind what they know of what their client values that might not be the key things or yes. doesn't value and pointing out things in a respectful way to try to find that middle ground. Like yeah. that's what negotiating is. is but we've, is taken, the needs. we've taken negotiation out of real estate right. with... That's, that's what frustrates me. Yeah. And for anybody who's in this from the relationship and from that, you know, doing our job as real advisors and as real... Uh, representatives who have a fiduciary duty to our clients, it's a lot tougher to have that when the discussion and the knowledge that we can bring to things doesn't hold the same weight. Yeah. Um, so I do, I'm optimistic, definitely after your post, I'm optimistic that yeah, that's the true. industry and people are in the same boat and not everybody is and not everybody always will be with 60,000 agents and I don't know half of them or maybe 25% of them who are really active. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people and not all of them subscribe to the pros and the cons of this the same way that we do, but it's a discussion that needs to be louder. More people need to understand what's happening, not just within our industry, but outside of it. The media needs to have a better hold on, what's happening, what people think about it, what the real impact is. Um, and we really need to be starting to talk about, I don't really want to say the word solutions, but it is a problem, but just what's the go forward strategy? Like, how is this going to shape up? Because you're right when you said, is this just something we have to adapt to? I don't think this is what we should aim for going forward as an industry, but well, we, should. we do need to have an eye on one, two, five years out and not just right now, because right now stuff barely happens. Yeah. It's just not a thing. Well, um, ultimately, consumers are our priority, what they want. And they've been telling us through the media for years and years and years, 
these silent bidding wars, um, this underpricing, this confusing market are issues, yet we don't do anything about it on a higher scale. Yes, like, and I think having these conversations is important, and I appreciate everybody that shared my rant because I think the more people it reaches, the better. Um, but we need to figure out ways to have these conversations at the higher levels so that we start realizing that these are issues and and we as registrants want to do something about it. I think because we've stayed so silent on this and maybe because we're embarrassed because like we're part of the industry that has perpetuated this. Um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you agree with what 60,000 other people are doing. You can still speak out about it. And um, again, the comments that I got is like, thank you for, for speaking up about this and for saying something that so many of us have been thinking, but we're not, don't have the guts to say. Um, and I think you just have to get out there and just start speaking your mind. Whether or not you get any response from it, you still have people looking at it and it's just going to add to the overall message that I think people at higher levels in our industry need to start hearing and realizing this yeah. is what our membership wants because they want to represent their consumers and their clients to the best of their abilities. And in order to do that, we need to take a strong look at what they're saying. Yeah. There, there is power in one voice, which, you know, we've tried to show in different respects, but there's exponentially more power the more that people just realize they're not alone and speak up together. And it is a tough change to make if one person decides yeah. to list, you know, the appropriate way, quote unquote, or two people, right? Because the masses are still going to continue the ball rolling the way it's rolling if more yeah. people are doing things the same way. So it starts somewhere. Not everybody is is subscribed to the underpricing practice definitely not the grossly underpricing practice no but it's hard to as we talked about when you're in a market and you're in an area where everyone's programmed to expect it a certain way mm -hmm. it takes real courage to go out there and do it the right way or yeah. do it the at market way because you might not get the same amount of eyeballs and you might not get the response from people that otherwise you would have because they've been programmed to look elsewhere yeah. But it's got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we're talking about it and the more people are open with the public, not just each other about it, the easier it will be to transition us just a little bit back to the mean on this. Like we don't need to price every property at whatever it's valued at because yeah. value is subjective, but we can't be going at half of what it's worth every time or we've just created a joke of our own industry. Yeah. So with that, and please, on this more than ever before, comment, share your thoughts, not just with us, talk amongst yourselves, yep. build the conversation with your own brokerages. Mm -hmm. um, we're always around to chat about this sort of stuff for sure, but this more than anything is a discussion that needs to continue and not live in isolation. Um, as with lots of other issues, this isn't the biggest issue out there, but yeah. this is one of them that uh, along with a lot of other things, if we're not talking about it, it's just kind of a fun 30 minutes of podcast and then it disappears. Yeah. So it's keep it work. going. That's right. And uh, as always, follow us on Instagram, Level Up for Realtors. Um, we're all on YouTube now. 
So if you're listening to us now and you want to see how angry we look while we're talking about this, the video is up on YouTube as well. And uh, that's all I got. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Level up, 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 level up,